0: i'm a total francophile i love french food french men and french fries i'm
1: high as a kite and i'm also the host of the high and low podcast (laughs) Uh,
0: truly truly still not a tagline (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we just got into an argument about taglines right before. We did,
1: didn't we? <laughs> but my other one was too long. Your
0: other one was like, hi, I'm Bravo Bravo Ducking Bravo, and Erica's like, "What? Like, it, what? that's not a tagline. That's an opinion. I would opinion. never. I know well, you would never. Listen, guys, it's <laughs> Andy's Girls, the show that is... Obviously rated explicit because we get into our feels <laughs> and sometimes use words that um, express ourselves, and isn't that wonderful? It's episode. I'm losing my mind. No, it's episode it. five. I don't know where I am right now. I'm technically in New York City. We're recording this yet another episode late at night. I have not started packing or anything, and I'm I there's. <laughs> I've run out of hours in which to get ready for Wait, my trip. Wait, can we
1: time out? these outies. What time is your flight?
0: Okay, you're going to be like, you're fine, but that's not fair. No, so I my won't. My flight is tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Okay. That, yeah, I know what you're doing and you're trying to judge me, but I don't appreciate that because I have to get (laughs) extremely important stuff. I have to get my eyebrows done and I have to go to Midtown East for that. I come back, I get a blowout, even though I, inadvertently got a blowout today. I'm getting a second one. I don't know why I got a manicure today. It has to be redone because my beloved person wasn't there. I went to somebody else. And I remembered as soon as she started working that I was like, oh, this didn't work out the last time. And so they're a little fucked up. So I need to, and I, my beloved natural nails are, I, we, we, we cut them, we cut them down shorts because they, they would break when I'm like, you know, packing stuff. Anyway, so I have to do that. I have a recording. I have deliveries. My laundry room broke. It's like closed for business as of yesterday.
1: Oh, Yeah. yeah, it's serious. No, I like to start packing like two weeks before because I'm like, do I need to order anything, you know, for this vacation? So I start throwing stuff
0: well i mean i've been going into like zara and other places not trying on and just like buying in bulk so i then try on the clothas and then return but what that mm-hmm. meant is that i have had just many rounds of yeah running back that's to return that's a 99%. lot of percent yeah i truly ran like hell tonight to get to zara i was there nine minutes before they closed And then ran back home so I could watch Beverly Hills and watch what happens. And then we recorded. And just to say, representation matters. You guys know I love Miami. I love, love, love it. You don't watch it. We're blaming this on you, even Mm -hmm. though I truly did not have. I didn't have an hour in which (laughs) to watch Miami.
1: I know. It's a lot.
0: We'll talk about it on a future episode. Listen, I might as well introduce the guest for this one, huh? Why bother? You know her as a content creator and host of the podcast, High and Low. Welcome back to Andy's Girls, podcast host, small business owner in the audio department. Bravo, bravo, ducking, bravo. B-B-D-B, welcome back. It's a joy and a pleasure to be here.
1: It's long overdue.
0: It is long overdue and mazel of the day to you. I know that this has been something you've been thinking about and planning for for a very long time and um there is no one I have been more looking forward to seeing podcast with your own show. Um what has that transition been like for you because you've you're so supportive. I appreciate frequent, it. Of course, you've been a frequent guest on AG like now you have your own you got your own shop. How are we yeah, feeling? Yeah,
1: it's it's really fun. I do enjoy it. I think it's so much nicer. It's so it's, it's such a great way of communicating what you really think about something and being able to make the jokes that I want to make throughout. You know, because I would do it. You saw how I used to do it, like on the stories, like stop, start, stop, start, and um. That just takes a little bit more effort and then Instagram just eats them. Like they just time out and they disappear and they go away and they're not organized. So it's, hor- it's hard for somebody like if you started binging, you know, OC or something and you wanted to know what funny recaps could you watch, you will never find mine. You just won't. They're buried in stories somewhere. So this is definitely more, a more real way of recapping. And I like that. But it's also quite solitary. Don't you find it? It is extremely like, solitary. You know, and that's why I think men like it so much. They just get to sit and hear themselves talk. But I'm used to like (laughs) posting a story and then a ton of people write me back about that and we laugh and giggle and then I say something else. But I'm really just in a cone of silence just talking. And then I hope that people like the episode. I don't always hear, you know.
0: Well, that's the other part of it is that so often podcasting is extremely solitary, even if you have a guest, because if you're an indie podcaster, it's like the booking, the figuring out what the fuck you're maybe going to talk about or not, the editing, which takes hours, the show notes, everything else, promotion, trying to figure out how to monetize all of that. And it's sort of like retail law where people don't typically share when they've had a good experience in a store, but they always seem to find the manager when they do not. Mm -hmm. So it's like you're doing this solitary thing and then often you're just surrounded by... Negative feedback and that can be really difficult. So I would encourage that this isn't specific to Andy girls, although I always appreciate it. That you know, if you are listening to BBDB's podcast and/or social, like send encouraging notes, leave literal five-star reviews. Um, I know some people think that's a good place to yell at me uh, because I'm Jewish, but like other ideas. <laughs> Focusing on the podcast at hand, right? Like maybe let's focus on. And if you have construction constructive feedback, I mean, you could potentially reach out to someone or just, um, you know, attempt to. Uh, for a, for a free show, podcasts are free. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, find ways to support creators who you appreciate because it is solitary and it can be really defeating at times. And so I encourage uh folks to subscribe to your podcast, to listen to it, and to hopefully. Um, you know, send encouraging words of wisdom and hopefully appreciation because that really, really goes a very, very long way, especially on days when it's it's kind of tough. You know, I know
1: it is because I mean, I think my personality is like if I have something to say, I could talk about it for three hours or whatever. But there are times when I'm like, have I said everything that I could possibly say on this earth? You know, what could I mean, I could recap Beverly Hills. Does anybody really want me to, you know, and then I will like go and look at reviews or something and say, all right, this is, you know, this is fun. I have a good time. Other people have a good time. Let's keep doing it. But it was definitely more casual, you know, on the Instagram stories and that immediate conversation that it would lead to just such a different setting doing it this way. But I do enjoy it. It's fun. You know, it's great.
0: And you know, I get messages from people now and again who are like, I want to start a podcast. What do I do? And the number one thing I always say is, which I've given you this advice too, like if you're in New York, if you're a New York-based person, go to BNH Audio. In um in Hell's Kitchen and just ask a lot of questions. You don't necessarily need to get equipment from them, but I have always had excellent experiences doing that. But just go to any local like tech store in your area, ideally one that has good reviews for people just getting information, and that the folks who work at audio stores are uh at least at BNH I've had negative experiences at, at another place um but BNH I've been to many dozens of times and have always had an incredible incredible experience and I just ask questions. Mm-hmm. You know I'm like how do I improve this thing cuz I've been through so many generations of audio and I think the number one thing is to make sure you have some foundation that seems like okay that you can build upon but also do the thing that you talk about what you want to talk about. Make sure that you're doing the thing that you enjoy doing because it's going to get really tough to want to continue it in a year or two or weeks or days when things start to get complicated. So you want to be able to feel like, at least I get to do this thing that I really like. That's what's going to carry you over. That's what's going to keep people like Andy's Girls has been around for seven years. Like that's what's that is what keeps me moving forward is like, I genuinely am interested in these women. I'm so thankful to have made great friends like you. Like these conversations are what I treasure and talking to AGs. Like I wasn't expecting to have this conversation at the start of the episode, but like (laughs) maybe this is, you know, we're, we're leading into women's appreciation history, women's history appreciation month. And like, maybe this is a great opportunity to thank you and the many women And, of course, other folks, too, but especially the many women who encompass, I think, a lot of the foundation of Andy's Girls. And I think it's important when we are talking about women's stories to make sure that we are hopefully listening to and amplifying women, because there is a way to assume that because these shows are about women, that you're sort of covering the gamut. But what's actually incredibly important is to focus on who you are listening to drive the conversation. And unfortunately, women in the Bravo sphere, women creators are not given the opportunity that men are. And so the next time Watch What Happens says, who do you want to bartend or like, God forbid, be a guest? Think of, I'm not speaking of myself. Think of women content creators. Think of, look at where you're getting uh your, your storytelling from because mm-hmm. Bravo, who I'm, who I love, they tell women's stories, but they often rely on a male lens and a male gaze in how those women's stories are told. So just things to think about, things to kind of chew on as we um, approach women's history, appreciation history, Women's Month. Yeah.
1: And that's so true. Men in the Bravo sphere are seen as like a magical dancing frog. Like, oh my God. <laughs> That frog is dancing. Yeah, that man's watching Bravo. That's so novel and interesting that immediately, like, don't pass go, collect $200, like, shoots and ladders. Phew. When, uh, you know, we're really talking about shows about women and women creators are, you know, not not given the same, like, novel kind of uh, fandom. It's very interesting.
0: And also criticized at a level that is much stronger and often harsher. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's like the sense of self-loathing or it's our own inherent like women's voices. Quite literally, the sound of a woman's voice, both her opinion and the sound that you are listening to are, are dragged so forcefully and so harshly in a way that just continues this cycle that minimizes women, which is incredibly unfortunate because I think the whole, you know, the majority of Andy Scrolls is a uh, majority women audience,
1: yeah. I think I checked mine the other day. It was like ninety eight percent women. Jesus. I was like, I was like, that's where we thrive, baby. <laughs> I got no one... <laughs> I mean, I, I've got some I've got some men that I've been talking to for years and years and years, you know, as, as part of the, the following the fan base, but I'm saying straight men as a whole, I don't even know that I don't think I've ever seen a, a straight man follow me <laughs> so, for long anyway.
0: Well if they do, send them my way. <laughs> sure, sure will anybody's uncle or stepdad yeah, yeah. or former stepdad, I guess that doesn't really work out <laughs> otherwise. Unless they're Mauricio, I guess. He's seemingly oh, always available. Um, listen, enough of of the monologue and about the ladies. Let's talk about It'll some of the will never be enough
1: ladies talk, but fine, we'll move on.
0: <laughs> we have to talk about Beverly Hills and an episode that many of us have been... Um, Thinking about and praying for for a very long time, it finally arrived tonight. Did it give you what you were hoping for? And that can be a good thing or not? How did it land for you, BBDB? I mean,
1: my major takeaway after I finished watching it was that was really a bookend to, like the Erica Jane comeback story of the season. And it really is still so Kyle Click driven. That it's like we end on her white party about her relationship with her friend getting a fifty thousand dollar stage put up so she can do her first show in four years. And so my takeaway was, you know, it was supposed to be this neatly packaged little Kylan Co. thing. And then, you know, for me, Erica Jane shot herself in the foot per usual throughout the season because she can't let go of the earrings. She can't apologize to victims and she can't Take herself out of her own um, her own mindset of worrying about herself and no one else.
0: I don't disagree. Okay. However, I, and I think a lot of this is informed by whether or not a person has seen um, "hustler," "hustler and the housewife," "housewife, housewife and the hustler."
1: And the hustler. It, doesn't, it doesn't potato
0: potato. I someone literally spent two seconds naming that, so don't give it too much credit. <laughs> As a Sarah with an H, you you would think I would be focused more Mm -hmm. on um, where that representation is. But um, so I I know that that colors for many people and makes us kind of reflect anew on what many of us have felt has been genuine, substantial growth on Erica's part, or at least a genuinely entertaining (laughs) season for her that's been, by many accounts, a lot lighter not taking away from that. But I was watching the scene of Kyle and Erica and I couldn't help but think, and at one point say aloud, I'm so glad that Erica is the one having this conversation with her right now. Like yeah. It just felt like Erica, the manner, we know how Erica communicates. She like gets to the point of the matter really quickly. And she's uh, concise in a way that can sometimes feel cutting, which is separate from her, like, That was good, by the way. I really enjoyed that
1: scene of their back and forth. And I liked liked the advice that Erica gave, you know?
0: Yeah, I I think it was solid. And I think it was, um, uh, speaking of full circle moments, a moment to kind of connect between Erica and Kyle about just the feeling of like, how do I get through this? And it's not similar situations, but With Erica, there's a sense of understanding of like, okay, your husband told you everything was all right. I know how that feels when you are seemingly being misled under the guise of like, don't worry about it. Don't stress Mm -hmm. out. Don't ask any questions. Everything's okay. To see the connection between them in that way gave me a lot of hope for what next season is going to look like. It felt like they were really connected, and I appreciated that.
1: Yeah, I mean, if Kyle stays on the show, because she's alluded this season to wanting to be done, but if she stays on, I mean, there's a lot. Most of the women are divorced women. So there's plenty of people there to support her in this, if that's the direction it goes, which I personally think that's the direction that it seems like she... Is going in. So, what
0: direction? That she's staying? That no, that she is, yeah,
1: that they are done.
0: Well, I mean, we're going to kind of jump around a little bit here. Welcome to Andy's Girls. But the end of the episode, I mean, I was emotional.
1: It was very sad. When Portia started crying, I was crying. It was terrible.
0: It was. The look in those kids' eyes, and we have watched Portia Umansky grow up. We saw her in her goddamn crib, mm-hmm. like this cute, curly haired little bambino, this little baby, this toddler. We have watched her grow up into a high schooler, like become independent, have thoughts and feels and opinions, her bat mitzvah, everything else. And to see her break down in that moment and to watch the faces of her siblings also be connected to the grief of what's going on was very moving. And that last confessional with Kyle, who said, you know, there's a big chance that we're not going to end up Mm -hmm. together, which is like huge moment, number one, to acknowledge that and say that out loud and to understand what our reactions are going to be. And also things happened that made me lose my trust that I wasn't able to recover from.
1: It finally came out. I know.
0: What? So what do you think that's...
1: For a 27-year marriage, to me, in my opinion, it can only mean that he either cheated or got really close to it. And either way, she can't get over it.
0: You know what? Mauricio seems to love that goddamn Instagram. And... I don't know about you, but if I was the husband on the sp- in the spotlight on reality TV, I would be extremely conservative with my boundaries on those Same. DMs. Same. I don't know because people screenshot you. Someone messaged you saying, "Mo, I think you look really hot." I don't think you should respond to that. I don't think you should like it. I don't think you should be worried about. Uh oh, maybe that person's gonna dislike me, or I'm or I'm doing a good. I think that what matters when it comes to like a. Show built around potentially your marriage is to make sure that you are being faithful to your wife in how you communicate online versus IRL. Now, this is me saying that because I, I, I genuinely do think somehow social media is related to this. I just feel like he's very online and he seems to be a naturally flirty, charismatic guy. But there have been rumors for so many years and that maybe he's, you know, cheated and and that became a part of conversation this season as well or this season or last season of like, would you leave your spouse if they oh, yeah, that was the season in Vegas. Like if they um, if you found out that they were cheating, it it feels like it's connected to fidelity, mm-hmm. to infidelity. It does. in some. It way. does.
1: And I definitely could see him being online. And I know that you're saying you wouldn't do it. And that would you know, your marriage would be a priority. But he's a guy, though. And he's a guy with, he's on two TV shows. And you know what I mean? He goes out, he likes to have a good time. He likes to party. He goes on all these like boondoggles left and right. I could see it happening.
0: It's also easy for me to say that because I don't work in his industry. Mm -hmm. And a person could potentially make the argument that like a part of maybe getting leads is just being friendly and chatty and open. And that can be misinterpreted, but also... How do you draw the line? I assume you do that in conversation with your wife. I don't know that that has happened.
1: I don't know. I don't know either, but I still got the feeling this season, that was interesting to hear too, because this whole season, it seemed like she was the one that's kind of done, you know, with him, had the ick a few times in the last episode. And he seemed to be that golden retriever energy of like, we're fine, we can work it out. It's fine, right? We're okay. And so in my mind, I was thinking that, She's just tired of the same old, same old from him and not having her needs met, and she's reached a point of no longer wanting to deal with that, which is what she was saying to us. And so then for that to hit at the last episode, I just saw things a little bit differently, that maybe, you know, he wanted to keep the, like, good wife that he had back home, and if he did cheat, then he's like, it was one time, don't you worry about it, maybe she can't get over it. And so it made me look back at things differently.
0: I wonder what other way Oh, uh, I mean, I'm just thinking it's related to either infidelity or, you know, which doesn't need to be physical. It can be emotional Naturally. or just behaving in a way that did not make Kyle feel comfortable mm-hmm. and maybe feel respected. Is it possible there's something else at play here? Always. I mean, it's Mauricio and Kyle. We have no idea what's wow. going on,
1: especially not with Kyle stuff, you know? It's obviously it's emotional for her and her family and that feels very real, but I think she and Mauricio have a very strong 27 year long partnership and they're still probably being very careful about what they say and how they say it.
0: The fact that she said there's a there's a big chance that we might not end up together, I know that might be like captain obvious to some people, but I genuinely was surprised that she said <laughs> it.
1: I really wasn't. I was waiting for her to get there. It just took the whole season, which I kind of thought that it
0: would. How do you think that the reunion is going to go for her? Well, you know, it
1: depends on if Andy is really going to ask her some direct questions and if, you know, Sutton and and others are going to call her out on some behavior that she showed in the confessionals that really was the opposite of how she was interacting with them on camera. And some behind-the-scenes stuff of, you know, egging on Anne-Marie, 8.5 Anne, and whispering to her. Just that whole thing. She got away with that scot-free. Nobody ever put that together. But if you're watching the show, you see it from the jump that that was sort of her pulling the strings.
0: What do you think is going on with Kyle and Dorit? I think Dorit was obviously just, you know,
1: jealous of or or feel, you know, because she got that way with LVP. Do you remember that back in the day? When Lisa Vanderpump distanced herself or something. Teddy?
0: When she became closer with yeah. Teddy?
1: And so Dorit's kind of like that, you know, and I um, I just think that's that's a turnoff for Kyle. She seems to not be, not enjoy that. She seemed very irritated with her several times throughout the season. You know, riding in the limo, and she kept bringing it up like, I guess I have to get your name tattooed on me to get some attention. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and kyle's like what stop it so she just isn't and she said dorit offended her asked her too many questions a couple of different times didn't want things on camera so i think they're having an issue and i think rightly so because it's not of your beeswax dorit she doesn't need to tell you everything about her marriage
0: and yet kyle's priority is in you know focusing on her friendships with her you know circle of friends so why wouldn't Dorit think that it would be appropriate to ask questions not just because of their friendship but because of what the fuck they're supposed to be doing on this show yeah I mean but Kyle said to her like you know we're always we've always been like couples friends so
1: to me that's different like if she's been one on one friends with people for a long time that's different than the only way I've ever known you is like we always hang out as couples so maybe that was part of it I don't know (laughs)
0: How does that connect with this like night before reunion text that Dorit received, where she feels like Kyle was trying to silence her?
1: I mean, strong words per usual from Dorit. And I feel like didn't that leak a couple of months back? And I just like blocked it out of my mind. Did it? I, mean, I don't know. Didn't it? I'll have to check. But it might have it. I, when I saw it, I was like, this looks so familiar to me. Either we've had a similar storyline in the past where somebody's like silence is golden, or I don't know. Maybe I'm just listening tonight. But either way, uh, it just was odd. But it's, it's what's always happened. There's that famous reunion where Renna tapped Dorita on the knee to get her to stop asking Erica questions. To me, Dorita has always been, you know, out of the crew of Mean Girls, the
0: one that just was always shushed and pushed aside <laughs> and told to just fall in line. Well, I mean, I don't know what this says about me, but I'm watching the finale thinking, I don't think I'm ready for Dorita to go. I think I I think that her job aside from Anna Marie, her job is most in jeopardy. Um, I for sure, see, for sure, yeah, I I could see the realm of possibility of her being gone or being a friend of. I personally would be completely fine if she was a friend of. I I don't understand what's happening with her and PK. I like don't get it. I honestly didn't think it was as serious as the finale led us to believe it is. And that is confusing to me. I don't think she has
1: a lot of storylines right now. I mean, the irony is she's got a ton of storylines. She's just not talking about them. She's instead talking about PK traveling and this, you know, ongoing PTSD from the multiple robberies. Um, But... She didn't I mean the, my last episode that I recapped, I timed it, and she came on at thirty seven minutes in, and I was like, "You below the fold, sweetie, <laughs> like that's danger zone. You're not even in the first more than half of the episode, but there's not a lot of there there right now, other than like some coke commercials and whatnot. She could turn that around. she could get into it, you know, but it's, she's not she's not going to more than likely so but I did think it was pretty serious that he was gone for thirty nine days i would I would bristle at that a father of small children, uh, leaving her solo for that long.
0: Yeah, and in one of her confessionals, she's talking about the fact that, like, I'm going to fuck this up, um, but something along the lines of, like, he says he wants to improve, he says he wants to, like, work on himself or us, but his actions don't show yep, it. Yeah, she just said
1: that. His words, but not his actions. Yep.
0: That's, that is a... That's a, a pretty strong rebuke. Like, I, I know that people might feel like that's just, again, seemingly obvious, but I, I think that's a very significant rupture.
1: Yeah, she has said some very cutting things about him this season, but then they usually giggle it off. So I never know with her what's a real ultimatum and what's a real lie on the sand and what are you just trying to ratchet up to keep us dangling.
0: Do you think that they're approaching some sort of No, for
1: some reason I can't see her ever leaving him. Isn't that weird? It's just in my mind the way she is with him.
0: I just think there's so much love there, but I also think with these goddamn men at a certain point it's like shit or get off the pot but then it just, but then they're like constipated and it's like, "Oh, okay, you don't need to shit. Okay, no problem." Like they're just so used to having their wives, their partners or their universes operate around them and their wives have come to a point of feeling like, I'm not going to rotate around you anymore. Mm -hmm. So what happens if this person who you have supported, who's been the financial provider, the caregiver, what if they're not giving you what you need to provide and care for yourself? Like, How do you deal with that if PK makes the step of saying he wants to change and then doesn't. Like, genuinely, literally, How? what does a person do with that?
1: I'm going to be really honest with you. I think, especially for P.K. and Dorit, a lot of it would come down to financial. Like, what does that mean to split up? They have a lot of debt right now. It's like still over a million dollars to the IRS, I believe. And then state taxes and all kinds of other stuff. So I'm sure that weighs on them. But again, this is the real stuff that they don't talk about and that we don't see. They're just like,
0: Puppet, you're gone for 39
1: days. What's he doing? What's going on? Why has he got to be over there that much? Tell us about the financial woes. Like we got people on other franchises getting into it, like nitty gritty of, of things. But we're just like pretend that that didn't happen, you know, with Dorit and PK.
0: Shout out to AstroPro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. When my nasal allergies flare up, and that happens when the season changes and the temps get a little warmer than they normally are, I use Astapro, and I'm amazed at how fast I'm back in the game. And that game is... Looking for Durenda on the Upper East Side? Astapro always has my back and nose. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to AstaproAllergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Paris is always a good idea, and when I schlep on over to Europe to my favorite city in the world, I bring with me a few important phrases that I have learned from housewives. C'est bon, c'est bon, chic, c'est la vie, je m'appelle the Countess, n'est-ce pas, Luann. And while those key phrases are important when speaking to any French bravo-holic for other matters of life, That's where Rosetta Stone comes in. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including, of course, French. It features fast language acquisition. It immerses you in so many ways, there's no English translations. So you really learn to speak, to listen, and to think in that language. It's an intuitive process. You pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. J'adore Chris Manzo. Et toi? There's a speech recognition filter, which gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's convenient with desktop and app options, and it's an amazing value. Rosetta Stone's Lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. A steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Today. Conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media and then IRL. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roe.co slash You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's happymammoth.com and use the code Andesgirls for 15% off today. I'm engaging. I just came back from the salon and for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love whey. Whey's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time (laughs) with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair, and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet and that's why i love ways anti-frizz cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair i still look like me just a little elevated and p.s i am way obsessed with whey's other bestsellers their leave-in conditioner detox shampoo my personal favorite frizz free up your schedule with whey go to t-h-e oua icom and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com with promo code Andy. I assumed he was there to film the reality show that he's been working on, but I, I could be a 100% wrong.
1: Well, that's still a job though. That's still work, you know? It's like you got a reality show and Because I think he wasn't he doing like a UK version of The Apprentice type deal.
0: Yeah, I think it was like some sort of real, yeah, real estate thing. thing. I thought that Mo was involved in, uh, in some capacity. I don't know. Maybe
1: he does like a guest spot or whatever, you know.
0: It's different to me if it's a, a planned TV shoot. Maybe I one agree. that runs long versus business meetings. Like if if he is not allowed to mention that it's a TV show or they have chosen not to mention it. I don't know why you would make that choice to self-produce in that way. It does feel like there's been guidance, but like it, it's clarify, it would be clarifying for me as a viewer, if it's like the shoot is running late, but it feels like the reason they can't say that is because it's then it's not PK, the businessman who also does stuff with boy George. Then it's like PK is now a reality TV star and they don't want to break that bubble, but we're focusing a lot of their marital strife on the fact that he's not present physically Mm -hmm. in the same country. And it's a different, to me, it's a different circumstance. The end result is still, he's not there, but it's a different circumstance. If it's like he's working on a TV show she knows how TV productions work, especially for reality TV. And sometimes things, plans, filming changes versus he's just there, not just, but like sort of, he's there to like try to get leads and have business yeah. meetings and like go to hotels for a little turtle time and to try to, you know, make some sort of business collab opportunity happen. That that to me is more flexible than signing a contract to film TV.
1: Yeah, I mean, I get I get flashbacks of, like, watching different reality shows where, like, the men just start disappearing and, like, chasing that paper. And so, to me, when he's not coming home and he's like, it's business and my own business, I'm imagining that right there, that he's, like, stressed out trying to make business stuff happen. If it's a pre-planned thing and he was supposed to be gone for 38 days and instead he's gone for 39, that would be great to know. We We have no idea.
0: The thing that just... That I just don't understand, and I think I understand it less, having seen the finale is twofold why why isn't Mauricio at the reunion, and now sincerely, why isn't p k there as yeah. well? like I get Kathy goes on the reunion. she's got hot takes, but we can have Kathy there and also have this man who we have whose life we have been following. And are invested in for thirteen seasons, it just doesn't make sense. And watching the finale, which it it, I really was genuinely surprised with some of the energy be- between Tari- Dorit and PK. I just didn't know it was that serious. I obviously watched the entire season. There was just something about the energy in the finale that I was surprised by he's been to the reunions before my guess is he's available <laughs> when you tell him it's a tv show i think he's going to show mm-hmm. up maybe more than dinner you know like maybe the sit down is going to happen where they get to have couples night with a set and a camera crew in place like i it just it really confounds me that neither of them are there. Although you couldn't have PK there, but not Mauricio. So maybe it comes down to that. Uh, Maybe. I mean, one of my um, followers said something to me today that
1: kind of stuck out to me. And she was like, it's so odd that because that clip came up of his show. What's it called again?
0: Oh, I always call it like Selling Sunset, but like Coke Zero. You know, it's like it's not it's not the real Um, thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's not the, re- it's like, apologies to Dr. Pepper, but it's giving me a little Dr. Pepper energy, which I know is a, a soda a lot of people I've enjoy. Loved it. specific, I loved it. It's just a specific, it's a specific um, It's no Diet kiss. Who are we kidding?
1: Please. I wouldn't touch that. But he, <laughs> he was like explaining in a 15 second clip, everything that happened between him and Kyle. I'm sure you saw that today. It was like, you know, your mother, and she came to me and she was like, I need some space and you can date whoever you want to date and I'll date whoever you want to date. And those are the rules. And like that right there. That's the summary of everything that we've been waiting for for so long, and he said it so quickly, and he just got it out of the way. And I'm like, well, that's going to pull people to watch his show. Of like, he gets to stuff. He's he's addressing this in very plain King's English, and it's done, and the box is checked. And I'm like, did they do that? This my follower of mine is like, what if that was part of the plan? Is that she drags it along on this show? They try to get most of the eyeballs on the other show. And then, you know, she makes appearances or whatever on the other show. And this is all just to, like, boost his stuff.
0: I'm shaking my head no. I I do not feel like that would happen because Kyle knows that her bread is primarily buttered with Bravo. It does make me feel like there should have been some sort of, like, Godfather, Soprano style meeting of the four families, except now there's two where, like, Bravo and Netflix try to just fucking battle this out because I don't know what his deal was, I don't know. I don't know if he decided to withhold it. I don't know if it's just a timeline situation. It might be. That it might
1: be. But it was just that, really the odd. The Netflix
0: show filmed a little bit later on than Beverly Hills. Maybe. You know, I don't know.
1: I don't know. Yeah. I mean, somebody out there knows the timeline and they'll tell us. We'll find out some somewhere in the feed. But it's it was so weird to see him just come on in a 15 second clip and address everything. And meanwhile, this whole season, we've been we've been drug along. But
0: yeah, and Kyle said on Watch What Happens uh, immediately following the ep- well, immediately following Miami um, on Tonight's Live, Watch What Happens with Kiki, who by the way was a fucking superstar and proved why many of us are um, hoping, really, really hoping she gets to hold a mojito next season. She was fantastic on Watch What Happens on a very important finale mm. night, uh, mind you. But um, Kyle said that like, yeah, Andy said a lot of people are asking why uh, Mauricio decided to reveal this information on his show um, with some level of like consternation, echoing that fans had some level of consternation. And Kyle's reaction was like, essentially like, okay, well, he sort of took things out of context and that's not entirely what I said.
1: See, and that's what bothered me about that clip. And I talked to a couple of followers about that. It's like, she's not there. He's saying, your mom came in and she said this and she said that. And I'm like, okay, well, that's nice and succinct. Also, weird that Kyle's not there
0: very weird that Kyle isn't there. Good point. Like, why is he saying, girls,
1: this is pretty much what happened, but the person, like, he's speaking for her, saying this is what she said. She said to me, I need space. And she said to me, you go date and I'll go date.
0: I didn't like that much, but
1: it was nice to hear it said quickly and succinctly. But I was like, that's weird to speak for her.
0: Yeah. I wonder if that was at a part of the pattern of their relationship is like Mauricio's lived reality is not consistent with Kyle's. I mean, I know that this is maybe a nothing burger, but she literally had a conversation with him. We saw it in a flashback Mm -hmm. on this episode about, you know, I'm so excited. I went to SoFi and obviously a part of the agreement is like, she's going to talk about it on the episode. You would think he would be actively listening Mm -hmm. as like a business person and also a man who's separating from his wife uh, that we would maybe try to listen to her now and again, when she's chatting and she's saying how excited she is and like that the space is going to be so beautiful and xyz and then comes to the night of the event he's telling folks that it's being held in the parking lot because he wasn't listening to his wife
1: it's like a tailgate
0: yeah i don't see kyle throwing a tailgate white party Mm Even though I'm sure the Sofi parking lot genuinely could be like transformed, but like you're not asking people, I don't even know where it's located, but you're not asking people to drive to a stadium on a night where there isn't a game to go to some beautiful yeah. tent outside. You're going to be there or or wouldn't you ask her or maybe you know you can't because you weren't listening to her when she told you the specifics? He didn't even enter with her. I know. I know. How
1: sad was that? That she's like, this party is really about like my family and our marriage. And he just comes in completely separately. That spoke volumes. And she was up with the girls getting glam. And then he's, you know, getting food and giggling <laughs> when she's actually. So she didn't even text him and saying like, hey, we'll be down in three minutes. Make sure you greet us and like yell everybody, you know, welcome Kyle and the girls.
0: You know, it feels like this episode was somewhat of a fable. I mean, speaking of like telling women's stories and talking about it through a a, a specific lens, we have Kyle figuring out how, what she needs in her life and what it means to pursue an independent life. We see Dorit, who is struggling in her current one and does not feel supported and now feels probably particularly insulted that this man is like understanding her pain and her needs and just refusing or or is un, incapable of delivering and then we have Sutton and Porter and Sutton having that emotional conversation with her daughter where she's like listen don't make the same mistakes that I did like keep your independence focus on the things that bring you joy do not do not become a part of a life in which you are not at the center, which I think is something that many women, it's like we just need to hear it over and over again. And I remember being in a conversation with my dad. I wrote about this uh, for the Daily Beast when I was writing about a golf show on Netflix that my dad gave me advice. I forget if it was in high school or college at the moment that we're talking, but we were driving through Providence and he said, you know, there are two things that you need to do. One is make sure that you, and he was a divorce lawyer at points, you know, he's a civil litigator. And make sure that you are making your own money so you never depend on a man. And this is someone who litigated any number of acrimonious divorces. Mm -hmm. And two, learn to play golf because so much business happens on the golf course. Do not limit yourself, um, especially when you're in male-dominated fields. Mm -hmm. Now, I did not listen to the latter, although every now and again, I genuinely think like, I actually kind of want to take a golf lesson. But I think what Porter is understanding it's a difficult lesson to have to learn this through your parents' divorce. But what she's seeing in her mom, I think, is so important. And we can focus on the $68,000 earrings, which are gorgeous. But also what her mom is telling her is like, this life might look great. And we have a lot of privilege, extreme privilege, but also you need to focus on yourself. Like, you need to create your own safety net. And no amount of money, by the way, is going to protect Porter from marriages that might not give her what she deserves. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I thought that was a very powerful thing. That was a very powerful moment. I thought it was really nice, you know, that Sutton is spending time with her daughter and making these these messages, life lessons, very clear to her, you know, and saying how hard it was and how much she struggled when the father said he was leaving. And, you know. Now he's leaving the country, and that's a big thing for the entire family to have to deal with. And it's a big lifestyle change for her son, her minor son, to now be 100% with her, you know, until he's graduated from high school.
0: And I know that there's been, like, some LOLs, and I'm not casting aspersion on them of, like, Sutton being like, what am I going to do? And I have to renegotiate, you know, child support or whatever That's else. a big deal, though. My God. To have
1: to go to court and do all of that, it's not fun, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it's it's paperwork. No one's saying that she's like going on the dole when she's getting two hundred thousand dollars right now just to like keep doing. Yugu. I thought it was three hundred. Like, might be. I mean, you know, at a certain point, the K is like yeah. one, three, yeah. seven. 400. It, this is this is Play-Doh yeah. money. Um, it's we're we're doing Monopoly. Um, but that's not it. It's it's just the idea of Sutton needing to adjust. And if we have seen anything of Sutton, she gets a little anxious and reactive when things happen to her that she was not prepared to receive. Mm -hmm. And I think this is because it's so emotional. It's complicated. I didn't realize that she and Christian had lived so close. I didn't know that either. And
1: I was like, well, that's a very big deal because you know that you just have someone down the street who can who can come help you.
0: Yeah. And I don't know the ins and outs of the Sutton concept like financially, but it is a very big deal that it survived COVID. You know, she's in, I think, West Hollywood in a very, very expensive area. Yeah. If a store. I go out
1: there anytime soon, I will go in there and check it out because I want to understand what she sells and what she does because uh, a follower of mine is like a fashionista person and was telling me that it's like, cyclical fashion and they focus really hard on like you know recycling things and so i'm like is it a curated you know fashion throughout time thing i don't really know so i want to check it out
0: she's talked about that on jeff lewis live she also was working on a collection with cynthia bailey because they're they're pretty Uh close friends um so it's like she she sells different things including this line where they're using, oh God, I forget. It's yeah, it's something it's something about it. listen to Jeff Lewis live at the other day. I forget the details. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. But I think there are also a variety of price points there too. And I have to shout out Avi who gave me two Sutton mugs. Oh, that's nice. Bravo. That's nice. Yeah, he's he's a delay. And he was also just, he's just he is just so fun. He, she can never ever stop working.
1: They like have that. the funniest like, back and forth. I enjoy his look into the camera occasionally. I like it. It's a very funny dynamic.
0: Can I ask you a question? Always. Um, What do you think about that Brandy, quote unquote, caught on mic moment at during or at the start of Erica's show?
1: Brandy caught on mic.
0: Did I say Brandy? No, I meant Denise. Oh, this is I'm so ta- you guys, I have recorded. T- episodes. No. And the thing is, I'm two. so
1: high that I was like, I totally missed that Brandy
0: was there. You know what? And that happened during the I did a full reading of the Sandoval New York Times piece for Patreon. Oh, yeah. And at one point it was like the word was like ho- uh, the word was like restaurant. and I accidentally said hospital. <laughs> my brain was like on fire. Well, one can so leave the Yeah. <laughs> I quite, <laughs> quite literally, and sometimes it does when you have a taco. But um, yeah, what did you think? That's so... That is such a subconscious something that I did not say Denise and I said It please. is. So like, I don't even know what to say about that. But continuing on, what did you think about that quote unquote hot mic moment? I mean, I,
1: I loved it. That's just me, though. What did you think?
0: I thought it was kind of a Franken edit. Really? Like I... It did not. We didn't see her face. The clips that they used of her allegedly saying it at that point were odd. It was giving me Cynthia Bailey energy when she was allegedly shit talking yeah. Nini and like and knowing about Kenya, which she has said repeatedly mm-hmm. was a manufactured edit by production that really upset her and obviously damaged her relationship with yeah, Nene. There was something about it where I was like, I'm sure she said. It made me question when she actually said it and to whom, Mm. because the audio was so muffled that something felt off. See, I
1: I just love it when a fourth wall comes down or they give us a leak of audio of any kind. So it's always exciting. But yeah, I hadn't had time to really like mull it over. Like, would they plot this? Where's this from? Show me the receipts.
0: I think sometimes they just do people dirty. Oh, they do all the time. Especially those yeah. who aren't like full time. It's like this person is like barely on the show. Don't you want her to continue to cameo or do you feel like she will participate in the show regardless of whether or not you fuck with her?
1: That's probably what it is. Yeah. But
0: then earlier in the in the episode too, you know, when
1: Garcelle's getting her glam done and she said, yeah, Denise, you know, made a dig about Erica saying, I didn't know you could do that lip sync you know, for a for a Vegas residency. It's funny, too.
0: A big part of the episode and of Watch What Happens seemed to focus on this people-exclusive. So
1: much energy on that.
0: So much energy seemingly dropping without Kyle and Mauricio's consent. Mauricio being focused on who leaked the story is interesting to me because i I would feel very paranoid if I was him about, like, Who is aware of our lives and is it just a whisper of like so-and-so talking to so-and-so talking to so-and-so talking to so-and-so or is it someone they're close to who maybe also has friendly relationships with media that that would drive me up a wall if I was
1: Well, I find that whole thing really confusing because People Magazine is usually like a confirmation Something is is pretty legitimate. So it's weird that they would run that without confirmation from one of the two people directly involved. So their confidence level to run it as a this has happened for sure means to me that it would have to be somebody extremely close to them. And then it's still weird that they would run it and risk burning bridges with the two of those people. So I'm like, is that real that you didn't know who leaked it or did you guys leak it? It's just odd.
0: I don't... I genuinely don't think that either of them leaked it. And I think Kyle talking about the impact of her kids not being aware of... That's the, true. I, I wouldn't think the that they would do that. Yeah. I I really don't think that they... I genuinely... That's one of those things where I'm like, it's not even a question to me. And I also think the fact that I believe that Mauricio was probably obsessed with finding out mm-hmm. who did it. I really do not think that came from them. But that also makes me sort of question the dynamics because typically... You know, people, the team at People, it, its several people have pretty friendly, chummy relationships with Bravo Lebs and other celebs. Obviously, some of them are more positive than others, but it, it's usually some sort of like quid pro quo mm-hmm. kind of deal of I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine. So the fact that they actually, God forbid, had like real information that they were putting out without the A-OK from Kyle and Mo. I know that some people listening to this might be like, but they don't need that. They can run a story. True. But also there are other dynamics at play at a at a publication of people that don't exist or exist in a different way at other um, outlets. And for that to happen in that capacity, uh, seemingly without any input from Kyler Mo is is surprising to me yeah. it is yeah
1: no I agree but it uh, you know what a weird like finale episode I can't think of another episode where it's been like that where they end it kind of almost a little bit over midway and then it just focuses on one person for that last chunk
0: I know it's happened recently really yeah. Hmm. I I can't think in my head but I know that it has You'll yell
1: it out. It'll come back to you while we're talking. It'll
0: come to me, you know, while I'm walking the Champs-Élysées. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not walking the Champs-Élysées. But while <laughs> while I'm walking in Marais at some point uh this weekend. Um yeah, I don't the energy was um it was like a classic Housewives episode, noting that we, some of us felt fairly tense about what it was that we were actually going to watch. And also I was thinking like, is it going to be enough? Because you motherfuckers should have given us a full hour of this shit, mm-hmm. not the second half. But all of that being said, I was kind of overwhelmed with the energy. I was like very, it felt big It did. and it yeah. felt sad in a way that was... Um, not that it was tough to watch because I don't think it was, it wasn't a tough watch for me personally. It just, it was emotional. It was
1: it emotional. Was. Now, how did you like the uh, the levity, the comic relief that Rob brought to it when he gave his opinion of who reached out to people?
0: I was like, Crystal. <laughs> I man, yelled. "Why you're trying to get him to shut the fuck up, but let this hand continue to I talk because know. he, he, he knows how to get that diamond secured for next season and let him do it.
1: No, he just had a really solid theory and she's like, don't worry about him. He's just, you know, just the movie director talking and sometimes he's just he's just like, coming up with ideas.
0: Also, does production hate Crystal? Because in the like, not B-roll, but kind of at the end of the episode when they're talking about her brother has a girlfriend yeah. living in Thailand, they Maybe I forgot this, but they go to footage of a scene of Crystal and her brother and their mom at dinner. How do we have multiple conversations referencing Crystal and her mom's relationship and some tension with how her brother is treated and his significant others and a control thing and that dynamic and him trying to find his own independent life? How do you have those conversations and not include? A dinner with the mom. I know. And I thought
1: we were going to see that. I thought we were going to see that because at one point they were hanging out and she was like, yeah, mom's on her way or something. And I was like, oh, we're going to get to see her mother. And we never did. So I don't know. That was odd. Because that was the crux of it was that her and her mom, you know, were so focused on him and concerned with him. And we never had a scene with the family. So I don't know. Choices were made to sell us coke instead.
0: And also, the Anna Marie of it all, it just felt so strange to see moments of her interacting with Marcellus because we have seen so little of him. And it just kind of occurred to me and even watching their like little moment of like having fun, going into the party together, I'm thinking to myself, we have seen this man maybe twice. Mm-hmm. Like we really, aside from the sugary cereal and kids moment, really truly haven't seen him. We really haven't seen in depth conversations of like, oh my God, you're not gonna believe what happened to me on the trip or oh my God, esophagus stuff. Like it's it it feels I don't know if it was strategic. It it feels relatively severe to not really include it. I'm not complaining that Oh, yeah, no, I'm good I'm with it. just saying that there was like a whole, it, it's just odd that this person joins the show and then like we don't really get anything. Well, I think they
1: realized they made a mistake. I think they realized pretty early on they made a mistake. We didn't even see her till like episode four or five, I think.
0: I think she said that happened because she was cast mid-season. Well,
1: the, you know what? Okay, then. That's an issue, yeah, too. Maybe don't
0: do that again. Maybe don't do that again.
1: And so then, you know, at the very last episode, to have her really not, she barely was on there. She was barely, I would—I forgot you were there, Anne-Marie. And thats I'm fine with that as well. So I think they just realized, oopsies, <laughs> sorry, Mulligan, <laughs> don't hold it against us, guys. Not as bad as Peggy.
0: Oh no! No one could ever be. I wonder what's going to happen with her at the reunion. Like the trailer, I was into the trailer. Also, the set and their outfits on camera looked gorgeous. Crystal's like, dress,
1: yes. Crystal's dress is like a piece of art. And and you know what? It, it, when you see it up close, because I don't know how it got on my feed, but her dress itself had its own like Instagram post. And the designer they showed like the bead work on it. It was stunning amazing you know
0: well i have to say garcelle's dress on oh gorgeous i thought was gorgeous like honestly the cast in those you know just like the regular production photos of them just like standing those moments it didn't feel like a moment but then when i saw the trailer and it's like this fluid moving background, similar to Orange County. Mm-hmm. It felt dynamic. It felt expensive. Yeah. To see the ways that their outfits and the colors that they were wearing and the textures, it 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 really felt elevated. It did. It did in a way that I was like, oh, this is going to be fun to watch just truly based on the visual alone. Mm-hmm.
1: And then how funny that Salt Lake City had like the Pirates of Penzance. You know what I'm saying? Like, Orange County, elevated, tasteful, undulating colors background.
0: Undulating. Now
1: we have, you know, Beverly Hills, upstate, up, up, amazing. And then we got, we got a pirate ship. It's just weird. It's just weird. I
0: mean, I think it adds to the, to the fun of it, that they were It does, but it's like,
1: this is, these are obviously, like, two different daddies. Like, different production companies (laughs) (laughs) were involved here. Like these circle the thing that has nothing to do with the others, yeah,
0: honestly, keep whoever designed that, because I just yeah, know what they do now.
1: I mean, it's fun. It really is fun. It's just it doesn't go. It's so odd,
0: but we embrace it I, I can't believe we're at this point in history. i just i I do feel a little melancholy about where we find ourselves, well, you know, if we've learned
1: anything from watching Kyle, it's that she feels extreme pressure for what the outside world is projecting onto her. And I'm yelling at the TV, like, people are just dramatic online, Kyle. You have to let it go. If two penguins at a zoo break up, you know, the world falls apart. People project. It's okay. And um, so what we'll do is we'll say we're so happy for Kyle and what comes ahead. We're so thrilled for her and this new chapter and independent portion of her life. And she can't let these, you know, thoughts of strangers keep haunting her because I feel like she still is kind of holding back whether it's for a storyline to drag out or for feelings of those around her
0: I mean I don't think she wants to share details and now she's really in a position where it's like okay we talked around a lot of the sister stuff for a while but like we really do need to dig into this more and have a real understanding and you cannot I mean you can but like to be afraid maybe of talking about their her her kid's dad in in this way I mean I I assume that's a huge part of this too but like babe no one ever said this was going to be easy Mm -hmm. no one did and other people on that show have had have had to discuss a lot of stuff that made them uncomfortable that they didn't want to talk about so it's easier said than done but like now's the time to do it no, I agree. She's gotta. She just gotta to learn to do it.
1: Um now, something that stood out to me too. What did you think that Camille was there too at the White Party? Oh, I think Camille's always gonna be at
0: a at a like a big event
1: like that. Really? Because every it seems like she she and Kyle might be on the outs every now and then, but I was glad to see her included.
0: Yeah, so was I. I mean, I was really I was happy to see her there. I also wasn't surprised to see her there. I think it's like I think it's just like one of those things of like, it's a finale event. You know, who's an OG who can attend? Were
1: Kathy and Kim there? I did not see Kathy or Kim, which was which was weird. The guest list was odd.
0: Huh. I mean, um, Cynthia Bailey was mm-hmm. there. Jeff Lewis was there talking about the threading in his jaw. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, oh, is that what they were talking about?
0: Yeah. It's sad that I knew the specifics, but when he started talking, I was like, I know exactly what he's talking about because I'm a chump. I listened to, <laughs> I, I rather, I watch Jeff Lewis live every day on the app. Gotcha. So like, I know about his difficulties threading and like one side is too tight. And then it's like, I think, I forget if it was like eating or something, like it could break or whatever. I don't, I don't understand what threading is except to say that I am terrified by it. And so it's like, when you think like there's actually a thread in there, and oh, yeah, he had like a difficulty at one point. He literally hosts a radio show and they were the thread was so tight he couldn't open his mouth to speak. That's what it was. It wasn't like having a snack. It was it was it was opening his <laughs> mouth, but it was like to do his job. So they had he had to get them loosened. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what an episode. Genuinely, what a what an interesting, complicated episode. I'm excited to watch Miami that will come up in future AG's. Um there are a lot of episodes coming while I am abroad. Um so Good I will catch up on, thank you. I'll catch up on on Miami potentially while I'm in <laughs> Europe but also certainly upon my return back. Um and there are a bunch of new episodes that will be out uh, while I'm gone that I have been recording in the last two days. So they're going to be very fresh, um, Nice, which I'm here for. Uh, in the meantime, BBDB, can you tell the AGs where they can follow you on social, listen to your pod? Um, some of uh, the recent episodes, can you mention it all?
1: Yeah. So Bravo, Bravo, Ducking Bravo on all social media platforms and the High and Low Podcast, wherever you like and get your podcast And we do all kinds of stuff. I do deep dives on the pod. I did one on the earrings. I went back and found a case where Erica and and Tom sued their HOA years and years before they ever knew that the earrings were going to be an issue. And so that's where they were showing proof of that check. And that's where the bankruptcy trustee got the check. And so you get to find out why were they suing their HOA and what's going on with that and the origin of the earrings, and then I'm doing one on Marco Marco because the documentary Housewife and the Hustler, I'm so glad they focused on Marco Marco, but they left a lot of stuff out. So I'll do one on that too.
0: Well, wow, very excited to listen to those episodes. Um, speaking of episodes that are exciting to listen to, have you joined the Andrews Girls Patreon? It's the number one way to support the pod. You get exclusive bonus episodes and so much more. Three went up this week, uh, a Taking It Personally style up, talking behind the scenes, vulnerable moments, making decisions of when and how to share uh, some of our own experiences and boundaries. Um, with Lewis Peitzman, we also covered the Traders, um, Ultimate Girls Trip Morocco, uh, some Beverly Hills, and a whole lot of um, Phaedra's future, a all reading Rainbow, where I read and react to Tom's already infamous New York Times article, and a Snapped-themed episode talking about the nuance and complicated nature of depending on rage cycles, so the Bravo community's response, the network's lack of um, Response on Watch What Happens and social or any other kind of statement, and the complicated nature of having expectations on a network um, ab- about you know incredibly viral uh, actions and behaviors of Bravo Lebs. That's with Kevin Fallon, who's my incredible editor at the Daily Beast, and has a huge, huge background in history, working at The Atlantic and Us Magazine. And he's worked at a variety of different places and had a lot of strong, really, really dynamic opinions um, that differed from mine. So I highly recommend that episode. Uh, and you can listen to those and so much more. A uh, Number one way to support the pod at patreon.com slash girls. Follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley. BBDB, did you tell people where to follow you on IG? Remind yeah. me. Yeah, bravo,
1: bravo, just bravo on all social media platforms.
0: Amazing. Guys, hope you enjoy this episode. Um, stay tuned for more. If you want to join my adventures in Paris and Rome and Amsterdam, you can see those on Instagram. And also when they showed that like love bridge moment I from know. Paris, I thought to myself, you know what? During a previous trip, I remember going, it no longer exists, I believe, um, but I remember going on that bridge and I have like prior Paris trips saved on highlights on my Instagram. So I literally swiped through because I couldn't remember what I did. Do you know I put on the Love Bridge SG and SB for Shannon Bedore? <gasps> Can you believe if you look through my highlights, it's I don't remember it. That is so <laughs> funny isn't yeah he? it was from two, 2019 wow so a couple years ago when i was also still spiritually mid-20s plus i put sgsb and it says like i'll always love you Shannon oh, or something goodness. like the fact that i did that kyle and mauricio literally happily married at that point for over two decades and here i am being like i stand for Shannon, <laughs> and leaving that as a moment i think it was, i actually do remember i think it was like four euro or something oh, that's hilarious might have been even more it might be like a couple more but you know worth it loving shannon is priceless so there we go um bbd thanks so much for being a part of this episode. You know, I adore you and you're one of my favorite people and voices in this wild community. And likewise, um, I'm I'm so thankful for you coming on the pod um, as frequently as as you do. I hope that that does not change. Um, and aren't we so fortunate that uh, folks can go from finishing this episode to listening to yours? Um, we are. It, it is a. It is an embarrassment of riches at points to have so many unique opinions expressed in this world and community. And I encourage people to listen to a diversity of them because um, it's important to feel heard. It's. Important important to feel challenged. It's important at many points to feel uncomfortable and to just kind of open ourselves up to opinions and takes that are different from my own um, and to sit in them and reflect in them and disagree with them and understand that they still have a right to exist. So yeah, and I do love a recap.
1: Thank you. And I, you know, I get so much done when you listen to a pod. So I always encourage people, if you're stuck on something, put on a good podcast, have a laugh, Mm -hmm. and it'll fly by. Yes.
0: Amen. On that note, which I said for the 18th time, as I always, always do. um, Thanks to all the AGs for listening, and we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer.